Hey guys, welcome back to Uncut Hawaii, where we talk with Hawaii's most interesting and innovative creators, entrepreneurs, and changemakers. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kobe, and welcome to our new recording studio at Central Pacific Bank. Yeah, so exciting news. We, we kind of took a little break for a little mm-hmm. bit to kind of like work all this out and figure things out, but... We're now sponsored by Central Pacific Bank. Yeah, it's crazy because we've been doing Uncut for like over a year. And from very the very beginning, we're hoping and praying and manifesting like we'll get sponsored one day. Not for any like we not to make a ton of money, but just to like help us continue to do this work because it's time, mm-hmm. it's flights, it's mostly time mm-hmm. but um it had been a year and things weren't really happening like mm-hmm. we almost got sponsored and then da, 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 all this stuff and but we, we were consistent yeah we we talk a lot about in all of the episodes about like manifesting or mm-hmm. like being consistent and all these things and we felt like we were doing all that and mm-hmm. you know we we're just like so at like just like a few months ago you know like at that one year mark we were yeah. just like oh man this is getting so tough like i myself was about to kind of just like give up and like things started happening and it's crazy like we talk about it too where like usually when it's like the low points is uh-huh. when like the universe kind of just like hey you know yeah, change is about to happen uh-huh. yeah so we manifested all this and worked at it stayed consistent mm-hmm. kept recording and it, it it's starting i mean We'll here see we where are. this goes. Yeah, here we <laughs> are. We're, we're here. in Tide Pools at Central Pacific Bank, new studio. It's Uncut Hawaii presented by Central Pacific Bank. It's weird. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. It's crazy when you stay consistent and you manifest. And we really do believe, like, because we really felt after every interview, we're like, oh, this is just so good. It feels so good. It feels like service. Like, we're sharing the stories of people who really deserve to have their stories told. It was just good things all around, but you know, we we're like, oh, are we gonna have to stop this? But you know, it's all working out. So we're thank super you. excited for this journey, this next chapter of Uncut Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't be here without you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Really appreciate you guys for the continued support, for yep. listening, commenting, subscribing, sharing, yep. all of the good stuff. Thank you yep. so much. We really wouldn't be, be at this yep. point without you guys. Yep. So thank you. Today, for our first guest at Tide Pools, we have an amazing artist, muralist. You see his work all around Oahu, like you're walk. I mean, all around the world, but like you walk here um, down Kaka'ako, through, you know, downtown. downtown, you'll see like all these big murals and you see his work. So Kamehadar, mm-hmm. you know, lots of cool stuff. And uh, yeah, we kind of just get to know him, hear his story growing up, um, how he turned his passion into his career. Yeah. It's a good episode, and we talk about like some funny, well, some scary moments that has happened like 15 stories up. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, it's crazy, you know, like how that kind of moment is like a life lesson. You mm-hmm. know? So yeah, stay tuned for that. Enjoy this episode. Kamea, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Our first guest in our new space at Central Pacific Bank. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, you've been here before. <laughs> yeah, I have art uh, all over this building. Mm-hmm. I have art in the garage. It's a big picture of my daughter. With a cat? With a shocker cat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I ha- uh, they have what's called the friendship floor. It's like their... Have you guys been there? There's like games and stuff. What's well, the like their rooms, communal yeah. space for all yeah. their employees. So they have like... 
places to eat, like a, like a kitchen and then lounges, but they also have desks, so you can come if you work remotely and you can come in for the day and work there. And then there's uh, paintings in all the rooms. So the rooms are like themed. They're like conference rooms like this. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the room that's like courage and inspiration and collaboration. There's like- Nice. And you have like a different piece in each one, right? Yeah, so they're, they're all portraits and they all have to do with the theme of the, of the space. Well, you yeah. can't go far in Honolulu without seeing your art somewhere. Yeah. I was like driving through. I was like, oh, there's Kamea's art. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's Kamea's art. Yeah. I always feel like I'm always worried I'm going to oversaturate like this like area. And um, so I've asked some of my like pretty well-known world-renowned artist friends. And they're like, if you have that problem, you're okay. Like that's a right. good problem to uh-huh. have. So right. like just keep going. But so. it's also different. It's not like you're painting the same you know, like some artists will only paint like a certain kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, the idea is that every artist should grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and we kind of see that throughout your pieces because each mural, I mean, we, we can kind of take, take it back. You know, you started on traditional canvas portraiture and all that kind of stuff and then eventually evolved to this big mural. You know, I've mm-hmm. been on you with your first big wall, you know, that yeah. <laughs> huge one in What idea. was that first big one? Uh, it was a 15-story mural on the, on a low-income housing or affordable income Come housing. I'm scared of heights, too. Yeah. And that was one of my questions <laughs> yeah. for you. It's like, you're yeah. way up there on, like, yeah, the shaky was, thing. it was terrifying, yeah. <laughs> for I, you, get, you, get, you, get, you get more used to it, I guess. But, um, like, I didn't start off wanting to be a muralist. I started off wanting to be a, an artist, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. I never thought about painting murals. I, I grew up um, painting on canvas. And when I was in high school, I took classes at the University of Hawaii, uh, like, you know, proper, you know, sitting there with a model. And When you're in high school, you're doing that? Yeah, yeah. My mom was, like, very involved um, in everything that we did. And she always encouraged us. So whenever my brother and I is what I'm talking about. But so whenever she saw that we had any interest in anything, she would kind of tell always, I would say as a kid, I always felt like she took it too far. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you even mention anything, then like the next thing you know, something would like happen. So nice. That's so yeah. awesome. Were there, were there, so I know she pushed you in this art thing, but were there other hobbies of yours? Oh, yeah. Younger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, yeah, you want to hear about like not typical stories of mine? Because everyone always asks about my art. Yeah, right? yeah. So kid. what were some of the hobbies growing so up? So some of the, so like, uh, obviously I like, I grew up, love, you know, local boy, I like to surf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my mom's close friend uh, was this guy, Roger, who is now retired, but he was one of the heads at um, the University of Hawaii. Uh, oceanic department I think it's called or I'm, I'm, maybe it has a more technical term he uh, actually I think trained or worked with Pat Caldwell who's a famous surf forecaster nice. and um, so she got me a job there when I was 15 I think and um, I was really excited oh yeah surf forecasting surfing surf industry <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was all math <laughs> it sucked it was like all office like computer and it was like old school computers yeah so it was just numbers on yeah, the screen. yeah it was it was like like, like i worked yeah like you know i don't want to say dos or whatever but like just like really old school like do, am i allowed to swear yeah, no. yeah. Oh, okay <laughs> yeah real old school shit it's like so so you're just like plugging in numbers like yeah and then um well the one thing that was kind of fun was uh the uh has like um 
I don't know if they still have it, but it's a research vessel. And I got to skip a week of school and go out on it. And you go out into as far away, like, as you can imagine, into the center of the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. And you take samples of the deep ocean. And, it, and they do it every year. So that way they have models over, like, 20, 30 years of temperature changes and sediment changes at the bottom of the ocean and all this stuff. And it was kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. So you did this. You went into this whole thing thinking, oh, I'm going to surf. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it had nothing to do with surfing. So So that lasted not too long. Uh Uh, She got me with this Kung Fu guy (laughs) one time. (laughs) And I was like, oh, martial arts. But then he's like, no, you're going to have to learn like breathing techniques and like, you know, I don't know if you call it Qigong or whatever, you know, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. he's like, this is cause he was like a proper, like martial artist, like mm-hmm. a lifelong. Mm-hmm. So he's like, no, you don't learn how to kick and punch for a long time. You have to learn how to breathe. Yeah. 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 Meditation. And I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure if you want to be a lifelong master, mm-hmm. that's the proper way to do it. But as a kid, you're like, I want to learn how to kick and punch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that got old real quick. So that didn't last. So nice. So you stuck with art then. So growing up, you're kind of just like the kid, just drawing on everything. Yeah. Just yep. like your son now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, and you know, that's what I say. Everyone says, oh, when did you start uh, doing art? And uh-huh. I feel like all kids scribble and draw and maybe some parents would call it destroy things. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I just never grew out of it. You kind of just like were that kid that kind of just like, Drew and painted doodled. everywhere, doodled. Right, like, like your son right now. I see on your social media all the time. Yeah, and and, and like, so a lot of people ask me, when did you become an artist? When did you start painting, drawing? When did you become interested? And I always tell them that every young kid scribbles and plays with crayons and Legos and destroys their parents' walls. <laughs> um, you know, my son is a, I would say, a performance artist. <laughs> he likes to smash. He likes to smash TVs. That's his, yeah, uh, that was a good one. Yeah. I was like, dang. Yeah. Um, yeah. The funny thing about that is everyone's like, oh, you, you're, you, you're so calm and you think it's like, you take it so well. And I'm like, I'm not going to post <laughs> the part where I'm screaming. <laughs> no one's going to be like, yeah. about getting yeah. a TV and The public down. facing part is when I'm calmed down. And then, oh. but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I just feel like I just never grew out of it. So I just kept, I, you know, I started as, like any normal kid, drawing, scribbling, and then I just kept, I just never grew out of it. My mom and dad just encouraged me. And I think a lot of the artists, the, the very cliched traditional story is, you know, nobody, it's like a musician, right? Nobody believed in me. Everyone told me. And, and but you despite had the opposite. it all, I succeeded and look at me now. And I, it was quite the opposite for me. Mm-hmm. It was nothing but support and love and uh encouragement in my family in my entire family that's so, so awesome and on my family they're all you know uh, they're all phds so they're all very well educated my brother's a veterinarian he's going for another phd and i don't even i can't even describe it's like because it's so not the side of my brain that i use but yeah it, you know, they all call me the dumb, dumb artist because I, I went to college, but I didn't get a PhD or anything mm-hmm. postgraduate studies. Well, so. like when you're a kid, I mean, so I have kids, they're like eight and 10 now, but they're at the stage where they're like, I want to be an artist. Yeah. You know? And so when you were a kid and saying that, were they actually saying like, yeah, you should be an artist because they're all have these like big jobs and degrees and yeah, letters after um, You know, I get this, this question a lot from parents 
And I feel like it's an interesting one because they're always asking me how to balance that fine line of, I don't want to be Michael Jackson's dad, but I do want to encourage my kids. Uh-huh. So like, I don't want to ruin their life. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you see all these sports documentaries about like Tiger Woods dad. Oh, yeah. Super and, intense. And yeah, these people are champions, but there's also, I'm sure a lot of stories that you don't hear of where the yeah. kid burned out and you just never heard of them. Mm-hmm. And like, is it worth ruining your kid's life? Yeah. Right? And their so, childhood. These are obviously incredibly extreme situations. Yeah. And I don't think anyone who's asking me is is anywhere near that extreme. But mm-hmm. they're always trying to figure out, like, how much did your parents kind of encourage you? How much did they, like, force you to do stuff? And yeah. So well, I, I think when I think of art, I think it's, like, not super linear. Like, if you're becoming a doctor, like, there's a like right. super, like, you do this and you do that and you do right. this. But, like, with artists, it's, like, Art seems like something that I know, like, once you get into it, there's, like, all these different kinds of, I don't know, things Avenues, that you can... Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess um, that's kind of the beauty of it, is it's this very organic, you can, there's so many different art forms, and, but uh, I think a big thing that my, my parents in- said was that you should follow your passions, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're going to do for work. Mm. So they always made it very separate. Like it could be the same thing and that, that is cool. But if you want, if art is your passion and something you're talented, uh, in doing, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do that for work. And in some ways in the art field, in the creative field, um, sometimes it can be a a negative Mm -hmm. because, then you have sponsors, you have clients, you have money to deal with, mm-hmm. and it's gonna affect the creative process. So mm-hmm. they said, you could very much be an amazing artist and do that on the side and then have a nice job with health insurance and all that kind of, that nice steady income that <laughs> I definitely do not have right now. <laughs> so, um, so, so at what point in your life were you like, I, I think I can, I can do both you know, or I can do art as both my passion Mm -hmm. and my career. Yeah. So the interesting part is that my parents always put me in art classes and encouraged me. And when I was a kid, my mom drove me up Tantless every morning at at eight in the morning to do this art class at at this woman's house who who tutored me. Uh And they were like, all the parents are like, that asked me the same questions about my childhood. Um, they're like, oh, you must have loved it. And I was like, no, I, I, all I wanted to do was surf and hang out with my friends. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. like fun. It was like, when you get older and you're going to baseball practice and maybe you just want to just, you know, chill out, chill out. <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, it wasn't something that I, I, I always had a skill and a knack for it and I, I did love it, but as a kid, you just want to be a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, but when it came time to stu- to pick a, a major in, in college, I studied art just because it was kind of a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when I graduated, I found that without my parents or without myself in some kind of structure like school, I um, I didn't paint. I it was like. I kind of remember having this moment where I was like, oh, I haven't painted in like three years. Oh, wow. And it was something that I did almost daily my Mm -hmm. whole life until Mm -hmm. I was 21 and graduated college. 
And I was like, well, man, without someone kind of giving me a deadline or art class on Saturday or my professor saying that my you know, senior thesis is coming up and I have to create a body of work, mm-hmm. without any of that structure, I found out that I didn't, um, I didn't paint. And then when I was in my mid-20s, I started to paint and draw and kind of pursue it as a career, and I made a decision. And I think that's when it really stuck because... I had made the decision for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think also being in your mid-20s, and my dad was a, a contractor, and I worked construction for him. And you know, when you're in the workforce, um, you start to see the value of pursuing your dreams and doing what you love. Yeah, yeah. So and I was like, okay, I've been digging trenches for my dad, and that kind of was rough. So maybe being <laughs> a painter would be kind of awesome <laughs> in, in, in comparison. <laughs> But then because I was motivated, then it really... Um, yeah, because you made that decision for yourself. Yeah, instead of it being imposed on me. Yeah. So, so that, that, that break was actually really good for you. It was then. super important. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because um, I, I'm like nowadays, my parents are always like complaining. They're like, we feel like we don't know what you're doing. And then we see like someone calls us and says, we saw a new mural that you did. And like before they were the ones imposing art classes on me. Yeah, when I was, right, right, right. Uh-huh. So they were like driving kid. it for right, you, right? So they were the ones kind of driving it. And now they're like, yeah, we're like behind you and you're like plowing ahead and we don't even know where you are. <laughs> and I'm and they're like, amazing, though. yeah, it's they cool. Must be no, so they're very, they're very, very proud. Yeah. But yeah. They'll call me and, and I'll be like, oh, I'm on, I'm in. Some other, right some other place. <laughs> some other country. Yeah, like, <laughs> some oh, other we building. didn't even know. Yeah. So, no, they're very, very proud. Nice. So. so we had Jasper on, and he kind of okay. talked about, like, the birth and, like, the idea, like, where Pawa came from. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. I know you have ties with him because you went to high school with him. And right. So, you know, how did that whole relationship start? And, you know, what part of your career did, like this whole mural festival thing came Were you painting murals before that? Like, No, no, I was not. I had never painted a mural in my <laughs> life before we started Pow Wow. And actually... Let's go paint uh, <laughs> a bunch of walls in Kaka'ako, but I've never done one yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, so the first Pow Wow was in Hong Kong. Jasper yeah. did mm-hmm. it. Then, he, then we did one in Fresh Cafe, mm-hmm. and it started off as a canvas. Yep. Uh, like project where mm-hmm. we all collaborated on these large scale canvases um, and then it just so happened that the guys started jamming on one night on the wall outside and spray painting and so the mural that first year in 2011 was um, not planned mm-hmm. it was this unplanned spontaneous thing that kind of sparked an idea like hey maybe we should do more walls because a lot of the guys we flew in were graffiti artists yeah. And they painted illegally on walls where Jasper and I didn't. That back then were murals a thing or was it more like just graffiti? <laughs> Not in Hawaii, I don't think. Like there wasn't like a big thing here. Yeah, I mean obviously uh there's I mean, a there's a long history like if you look at like Diego Rivera and all these the Mexican muralists and you see muralists, you see murals in cities uh I guess like Wyland was like the only one that I was like. So it's it's like any art form; it goes through like phases. Mm-hmm. Um, but the recent resurgence of murals is kind of the broadly used term of street art. Mm-hmm. It's kind of 
what some people call this new wave, mm -hmm. but it's not, but, but when people say like, oh, murals didn't exist before street right, right, art, right. It's, it's, that's a farce, it's not true. Yep. Mm -hmm. Murals definitely existed for many, many years. And even some graffiti artists uh, claim that we are carrying the torch of like cavemen when we scribbled on yeah. walls, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know, that's a little bit of a stretch for me, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, yeah, I mean, why story, not? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've seen cave drawings in, in like France and what the, they'll have like, like they'll put mud in their mouth and they mix it with ash or something and they spit over their hand so it it oh, their hand it makes a like uh -huh. the oh, hand, cool. it, then it goes around the hand and then they remove their hand and so you see this like handprint of like this guy that like a caveman that lived like i forget how many years ago wow thousands of years ago and you're like okay well that's definitely a signature mm -hmm. yeah so when you when you're kind of like Signing something that to me is more than just scribbles. You're, yeah. you know, they're they're drawing woolly mammoths and hunts and they're telling stories. Essentially, they're telling yeah. stories yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an art form yeah. for sure. That and uh, and whether or not that <laughs> directly translated to what we're doing now, I don't know. But um, but yeah. So that first wall was spontaneous, and yeah. then so the next year was kind of like, okay, how do we? How do we go into this community and paint more, right? Yeah, so we just started to ask for walls. Uh, we got connected with uh, a person named Christian O'Connor who was uh, handed the keys to Kakako by Kumeme Schools, one of the big landowners. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the back end of it, but to me the, the, the feeling that I got was like, he got handed like this forgotten part of Honolulu mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, do something with it. Yeah, Cause honestly, nobody before, cared, you know? Before the murals and all of that kind of came through Kakaako, it was like a very industrial area. This is before the condos yeah, and before salt. Everything. Yeah, yeah, this is like. Yeah, when we first started Powwow, it was, there were like pros and cons to it, but we used to run, push lifts and scaffolding in the middle of the road mm -hmm. on Queen Street in the middle of the night. and yep. like, there were no cops. There were no nothing. Um, we would just make as much noise and, and we could do whatever we wanted because mm -hmm. it was so industrial with auto body shops and everything that when it got dark, all the businesses closed and nobody lived there. So mm -hmm. everyone left. So it, it just became a ghost town. It's, it's like That's crazy. It, that was only like, what, ten, how many years ago? It was like 2011. Yeah. yeah. That's so yeah. crazy how much years. has transformed. Yeah. Fresh Cafe was the only kind of cafe yeah. there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like in the, in, in the, you know, one of my favorite movies, Fight Club, where they're they were saying that they're alone at night for miles in a mile in every direction and they're just hitting golf balls and, and breaking <laughs> windows and nobody it's like yeah not that we destroyed things but it was just like there was nobody around yeah. and then the only bar that was there was duck butt yep. at night oh, yeah. it was the only place to get food and drink at night but back then it was still like it wasn't run by my now friend Jin. yep it was run by like so like they didn't speak English and mm -hmm. it was not a bar that like, it was not a hip place yeah, to go. Right, right. It was like this. Kakako in general wasn't, yeah. I mean, when you say like forgotten town, kind of, I mean like not forgotten, but it, it's definitely not what, what it, it is, is today. today. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. I guess back to the original question, right? Like when did you start like exploring this new art form of like murals? And yeah, it just avenue? happened by accident. So year two, we just, we connected with Christian and he got, 
he he was just looking for any way to to bring up in a so to speak his area that he was given to be in charge of and we were just looking for walls mm -hmm. and then he he knew unlike most people he knew that the model worked because of places like Wynwood in Miami mm -hmm. where in Wynwood was like a forgotten town uh, area like it, it's basically the Kakaako of Miami except you know times 10 now it's mm -hmm. this in, this huge blown up part of Miami um, but he saw that how art and murals could it could bring life to a community mm -hmm. so he's just we would just walk down the block with him and we'd just point out walls and he would just say okay yes so much so much so that sometimes we would <laughs> he said yes too much and the 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 tenants in the building would be like well nobody told me <laughs> and technically we had permission because yep. christian was part of the land owner and not mm -hmm. just a tenant mm -hmm. but we still didn't want to just paint on people's yeah. businesses without them knowing right, so right. later on we got hip to it and we kind of would get just both giving you a heads up yeah <laughs> please let us paint hopefully it's okay yeah but he yeah he just let us paint paint the town basically yeah literally yeah. and then it, it just kind of grew and grew and grew every year it was really cool. Yeah, it was really over fun. 10 years. That's crazy. Yeah. What has been one of the most memorable locations that you guys have gone to? Yeah, so since Hawaii in 2011, um, I think in 2013 maybe, that's when we started to spread into other cities. Mm -hmm. So we've done a bunch in, in amazing places. Like we've done a bunch in Japan. Long Beach, California is one of the big ones. Um, you know, all the way all the way across the United States so we partnered with South by Southwest in Austin that was cool. really fun yeah so like Long Beach Japan Austin those are all places that were just fun because they're just fun cities to be in mm -hmm. personally but as far as interesting I mean we did you know Andrew came with us to to Powell Israel right it was cool so, it was just like a small group of like more intimate and then you know we got to go back to like his hometown and mm -hmm. stuff like that so yeah it was cool to see all that stuff yeah and and, and th that one we built small so that it was more of a road trip right mm -hmm. so instead of just being in like a kakaako area we just road tripped all the way around we went to crazy weird yeah. places in the <laughs> desert it was, it was sick. i mean i think i think just fun. like the whole powwow journey you know i kind of grew up with all of them and this whole journey too so it's so cool to just kind of be able to experience the evolution of it and to see where it is today and just to see all the art around you know like we got to meet so many cool people and I just work with Kamei all the time and you know it's just it's super so grateful for that experience yeah. Yeah, super and, cool. And then, and then now, like Kobe was saying, we drive around and we see so many murals. Yes, but like a lot of them are just like, well, that's Kamea's mural. <laughs> uh, yeah, which, this def definitely has like a signature style. Uh -huh. Like definitely. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's um, when I was younger, I would get advice by older artists, and they were like, you can either be an artist, make a living as an artist, or live in Hawaii, but you cannot do both. Who were some of your early mentors, idols, people you looked up to? It's like anyone's life or career. It's always, um, it's just baby steps, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's like you don't climb, climb Mount Everest all in one leap. You just, you take steps. So people help you along the way. I mean, mm -hmm. I had art teachers in fourth grade that were great, or just any teachers of mine growing up, um, some of which I keep in touch with. And... Uh, I don't know. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't have just one particular person that I owe it all to. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously my parents are a huge. Yeah. Well, so one person that I really like always talk about is my my grandmother. She's 94. Wow. Um she's at my house right now with my wife um uh babysitting or helping my wife with our new baby. But um she claims to have discovered my talent. Oh, so really? maybe I owe it all one. to her. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I used to always wear hats like this, like even as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I used to wear these white ones. They were like painter's hats. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. My mom used to get them for me. I have no idea how that started as a thing, as a kid for me. I don't know. But um, I, my grandma took me, I think it was to Kahala Mall. We walked around, came home, and I told her I wanted this hat that I saw. And she's like, well, which store? Why didn't you tell me when we were there? And I just, I don't know, I was like four. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So she said, well, describe it. And I couldn't describe it well in words. And and so she said, well, draw it for me. So I drew it, and I drew it like three-dimensionally, I guess. Nice. And so she said, oh, this kid's got something. He's got you a talent. You drew it on a hat? No, what, I drew it on oh. paper, but okay. it was like drawn three-dimensionally. And yeah, I, yeah. Like there was some skill involved in drawing it i guess so my grandma said oh you got to put this kid in in art classes oh cool i don't remember any of that and it and and of course the family all debates it right yeah, yeah. Was trying to take credit <laughs> but again because grandma is very much the matriarch of our family yeah like, okay fine grandma you can <laughs> you can take credit for it so have you ever drawn her yeah, 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 I have actually. I have a there's a uh, charcoal drawing of um, her and my grandfather who passed away some years ago uh, up in the her house, but it's like the family house. My mm-hmm. uncle and auntie and my cousins live there with her, so there's like a big picture of her. Oh, nice. yeah, awesome. But yeah, it was hard because she's got really, really like a lot of wrinkles and veins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So like like shadows. Yeah, and young <laughs> people, it's like. They're so smooth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like faster. <laughs> you got like more like, yeah. I remember when I was in high school and everyone was like, oh, you get to like go to the UH and paint naked people. Like, oh, and then thinking like mo- they hear the word model. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not what you think. It's not that <laughs> model. Would they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they bring in old people, old models? Yeah, I mean, it's usually, like, someone who's willing to like sit, sit yeah. naked for minimum wage. I mean, it's not going to be <laughs> Miss Hawaii. <laughs> but honestly, as an artist, people with scars, wrinkles, bigger people, they're just more interesting to paint. Yeah. Right? So once you start drawing them or painting them, you don't... You don't look at it. it. Obviously, you look at it as a whole at first, but then you start focusing on parts of them, mm-hmm. and then you just focus in on those parts, and those parts can be a lot more interesting than someone who's traditionally thought of as beautiful or perfect, right? Yeah. It's, there's just more. There's more information there yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So, and then like one of the like some of the most interesting people I've painted in that setting, um, like. They would the they would be like some weird eccentric guy. Like in college, we had this one model, and he was this total, <laughs> crazy old man. But he was able to hold poses, like, like holding his arms up. But he could sit there for like three four hours like that, right? Wow. Yeah. So most models have to sit comfortably because they can't sit still. Mm-hmm. 
and they get tired mm-hmm. and he could actually hold poses for nice many hours wow <laughs> yeah yeah people don't really think about that he had to sit there for a while mm-hmm. yeah so if you look at like i and i get asked that because people are like when you paint you know most of my work deals in the human form portraiture mm-hmm. so they say oh <laughs> i've been asked by models like wait so do i have to like sit up on the lift with you for like a month <laughs> like, like no no we'll just take some photos one hour and then yeah. i'll use one of the photos or i'll i'll ma- make a collage of one that i like your face and one that i like your hands mm-hmm. um but in olden times they didn't have cameras so when you see paintings of the royalty they would actually sit there they were sitting there mm-hmm. posing for the artists, so the, a lot of them, they're not smiling. That's why they're not smiling. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. they can't so hold a it. smile yeah. for like uh-huh. days and days right. and days, right? So it's this very serious, mm-hmm. kind of somber. Um, Tell us about pose. some of the the projects you painted around town, and like any memorable ones or like special ones that to you. Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a bunch. The uh, mural I did of President Obama. Uh, it's on Ward Avenue, corner of Ward and uh, Capulani mm-hmm. by the Blaisdell. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was really memorable um, because my wife was nine months pregnant with our first daughter, mm-hmm. who's now six. And um, so the background has a, um, a speech uh, that he gave in 2008 at about racial equality so the the that mural was painted when he was on his way out mm-hmm. on his he was at the end of his second term so it was not anything to do with vote for this guy or any kind of political messaging it was more about him being from hawaii and biracial and it was the piece is called hapa mm-hmm. because it's about him being hapa and a lot of us here including myself are hapa um, so the speech in the background is about racial equality. We painted it up, and then he p- was going to be painted over it. And it was going to be kind of legible, but mostly um, like a texture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, the words were going to get painted over? Yeah, the so if you look part? at mm-hmm. the piece now, you can still see through his chest and behind him some of the letter, the mm-hmm. wording. But it's not 100% legible, every word and yeah, every line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Um but when I first painted it, it was all there because I hadn't painted him yet. And uh, I remember I was being I was up there on a ladder uh, at the top. So there's like a little visor, like a ledge. Mm-hmm. And I had the ladder on top of that. And I was on top of that. My phone was buzzing in my pocket. <laughs> I didn't answer it. Yeah. And then an hour later, I called my wife back. It was her. And she gave me an earful. She's like, I was like, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. But you got to answer your phone. Fucking fun. I'm pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And it was like two, I think our due date wasn't for another two, three weeks. Yeah. So I was like, we got two, three weeks. And she's like, you never know. And, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and I was like, okay. I was like, you know, it's hard to argue with a pregnant woman. Yeah. But I was like, if you saw where I was, I'm like kind of up high and I could yeah. fall down and I, like I got brushes and sprays and I'm like, you know, it's not, I'm not in like, I'm kind of in a cumbersome predicament. Like we to need just, to get you some AirPods or something. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, if I could get like a, I don't know, like an earpiece and just click in, that would be good. But um, I said, okay, fine, fine. The next day, same exact thing happened, phone rang, but this time I answered it. She's like, where are you? And I was like, well, where do you think I am? I'm in the same place. <laughs> She's like, all right, coming to pick you up. 
what's happening? And then I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, the baby's coming three weeks early. Holy crap. So went to the hospital, covered in paint, <laughs> like, you know. I remember that. Had my, were you there that yeah. day? Were you there? Yeah. Really? I, I was filming. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, had my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I called the owner, I remember. And he was like, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to paint the next few days. He's like, oh, is everything okay? I go, well, I just had my, my baby. And he's like, what? He's like, you don't have to come back for like a long time. Yeah. It's okay. So I took like a week off and then I came back. Yep. And so that one is like memorable just because of that happened. But also mm-hmm. like, it's kind of cool how the universe provides sometimes because it's, it's the speech got to sit out for a week. Mm-hmm. So people that mm-hmm. walked by, I got to read the speech yeah. and then I painted him over. So it's almost like if you were someone who drove by every day, which Ward Avenue, it does happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you got to experience like an evolution of the piece. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool um, that it happened that way. Do you know if he's seen it? I don't know. I haven't had any direct connection mm-hmm. with him. Um, I've had people say that they that he has seen it. Yeah. But I, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. There's all kinds of. It's a pretty busy intersection, though. A lot of people have seen it, so that's yeah. That's, and and it was, it was online yep. quite a bit, especially mm-hmm. when. Uh, when Trump got elected, mm-hmm. that piece got a lot of love online. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I know Andrew's video got a lot of views uh, about the making of the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, that one photo of you sitting on the ledge, too. Yeah, yeah, that was a photo that Andrew took. That photo was, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, like, pushing it out. It just got, like... Yeah, people were just hitting us up, like, hey, yeah, can we use this photo? What a great time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was cool, so... Speaking of like being high up, have you ever had any like suspicious- scares? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, some scares up there. Like you're uh, hopefully strapped in and yeah, yeah so we're all, all harnessed yeah, in, harnessed. and there's yeah. all kinds of OSHA laws about what we do, and um, yeah, so I, I I have like some formal training and and all of that, and I have to learn about it. Um, nothing crazy. I mean, we have had friends like in other parts of the world that that there were like stuff that happened nothing mm-hmm. to me knock wood you know i don't know where to knock but um <laughs> but yeah we've had like like hawaii's windy and you, you just yeah. get a gust of wind and you're just so you're painting and then it's just like farther away farther <laughs> away you're like what the fuck and you look and it like it just lifts off and then it comes back and you have like real split second things that kind of freak you out but for the most part like you try to be as safe as possible and that's good yeah, yeah. It, it's it, I don't know the first one I did Aaron, a, a, Andrew filmed the first really really big one that was like above three four stories was a that 15 I story 15, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I went from like three stories to like 15 that's so crazy and um, so that was like, that that was like a, a really big jump and that was the like first how time I wide is that platform that you're standing on like you can can you oh, like skinnier walk than this around table. oh yeah it's like, uh, I think it's like two, two like squeeze past yeah. Yeah. Really? It's like two feet wide. 15 stories up. Oh my yeah. God. That's. But, um, yeah, that was the first time I ever used a swing stage. So smaller than that, you use a mechanical lift from the ground, mm-hmm. like a cherry picker or yeah. a scissor lift. This one is the one that hangs off the top. So it's this whole other animal. And yeah, it was, it was really scary. It was like, um, <laughs> like I said earlier, I, I always started as an, as like, I just want to be an artist, not necessarily a muralist. And then I got into murals by accident. So 
like I always had a fear of heights and then I just, my paintings just got bigger, not yeah. by choice or by choice, but not, but kind of like, mm-hmm. that's just what I fell into. Yeah. So it's like our first time on a really big wall and it's me, myself and my assistant, Corey Tom, and um, who's a very accomplished artist as well. And we both had never been that big and we both, it was like a, a really kind of nerve wracking lead up to the mural. Just, I, I had sleepless nights thinking about the, Being the up height. High. Yeah, yeah, it was just really scary and I yeah. had never been up that high. Mm-hmm. And then the few times that I'd been up that high were prior to the mural, we'd have to go to the roof to check things with the swing stage company about setup. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, would look over the edge and I just, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to be like this high and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. So what we decided was the day, f- the first day, we'll prime, we primed a silhouette of the, mm. the, the portrait. So we said, okay, we'll just prime our way up. So it's mm-hmm. like a typewriter and we'll just slowly work our way up, work yeah. our way up, work our way up. And then it would just give us like time to like acclimate yeah. to, the to-, to the height smart and then um it, you know you get a little bit more nervous a little bit more nervous and then right at the same time and i think it's like there must be some science behind certain heights yeah but both of us started freaking out and we're like what, okay what floor were you like at the top top well so we were in the middle of this huge wall and you can't really see because you're so uh-huh. close to oh. it so we're like okay well let's just like like I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to like get kind of scared, and Corey's like, yeah, me too. Like, I don't know if I, how much higher I can go. And I was like, okay, like, well, where are we? So I, I like had to count windows, and then there was a line like right there, uh-huh. and I was like, okay, this is the top of seven. Oh, and it that's was only halfway. Fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even half. Yeah, yeah. Like almost seven there. Seven and a half would have been yeah, half. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What do we do?" So Corey's like, "I don't know." I was like, "So I, I we decided to sit there for twenty minutes. We're just gonna sit there in silence." And I was like, I'm just going to, like, meditate or... I, I don't... Hype yourself yeah, up. Yeah, I was just going to, like, just, Go like... Go back to those early years with <laughs> yeah, the judo. Yeah, I was just going to be like... Yeah, exactly. I was like, man, I should have listened to Kung Fu Master. <laughs> and I was like, so... Yeah, and then we are freaking out. And then I was like, okay, I was like, let's brainstorm. I was like, okay, I can call the owner. Just, just call it off. Um, and then just leave like just the yeah. half done prime. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> get someone else to paint it back. Running through your head. Then I was like, okay, maybe we can redo the, the artwork. And I was like, maybe I'll just like shrink her. But if you look at the finished piece, it's like Hina and she's holding up the, the moon. Mm-hmm. So if you shrunk her to like half the building and yeah. she's just reaching up, like she would, it would look so stupid. It was just like, so I was like, maybe I'll make her sitting. But if she's holding up the moon, the whole thing is... She's she's the goddess of the moon and she guides Hokulea home. Mm-hmm. So to hold her the moon up like not all the way, would, yeah, it would like <laughs> kind of make it like she's right. not really guiding them yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was just like all these really stupid ideas that wouldn't have worked. But I was in a panic and I didn't know what to do. And then also not to mention that when you work in the public sphere, you're like, okay, well, you're fa- it's like being a like, you know, like someone who is on TV or whatever and you, you crash and burn in front of everyone yeah, you're yeah. like oh and I promised a lot of people that I would do this and yeah. a lot of the people, first big one too yeah, yeah. And I was like oh 
So then finally I was like, hey, we're gonna do the opposite. And Corey's like, what do you wanna do? And I was like, I wanna go all the way to the top, like right now. And Corey's like, he's like, fuck, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we put on music like super loud. Yeah. And I just pressed the up button and I just closed my eyes. I was just like, oh, <laughs> we just went straight to the top. Like a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Oh my God. And we were God. both like just shitting our pants. <laughs> and then, um, and then we started working at the very, very top. And then as we came down, we got more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then I remember being at like 11 mm -hmm. and we were like cruising because we had been at 15. Yeah. yeah. And so everything was just relative, right? Yeah. So 11 was so much better than 15, yeah. but I was freaking out at six, seven uh -huh. earlier. So it's like, like a life lesson right now. I was going to say, yeah, dude, yeah. that's like a metaphor for life. Yeah. Like, so, so shoot after, for the freaking moon first. Yeah, so after that, like, when we do the big ones, we always go right to the top. Oh, really? So when I get a new assistant, like, or someone who's never... Like, we're going straight to the, the top. The first one, I'm like, we're going all... And they freak out. But then after that, they're fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. you need to yeah. do that one. Mm -hmm. That really scary, like... Yeah, it's never going to be as bad as that. Yeah. And then when you work down, everything else is like gravy. It's like so easy after that. Life lesson. Yeah. It is. Less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so we like we'll play like uh I forget. There's like, like a few hard, songs. Like, like some hard metal. No, no, it'll be like uh like there's one song, uh I think it's called All the Way Up. It's like oh, yeah, yeah, Jill, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, go all the way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll just play it. Like, just stupid. Like, and that, I'm, that song, I'm sure, is not about going all the way up a building and <laughs> something else. But it works. It works. Yeah, for you. But, it you know, we'll just you. play something like that. And, and then, obviously, now since I've done a few big ones, I'm, I'm way more comfortable. Yeah. Like, that first one was definitely the scariest. And everyone, it's never not scary, but it gets less scary. And then also, I think the main thing is um, the experience gives you um, more confidence in your equipment. So you just start to learn to trust mm -hmm. the equipment you're standing on. And then also you learn the, the movements. So when you have a certain assistant who's never been on one, he'll like kind of move around and like scare the shit out of everyone, everyone. on the rig. Yeah. And then yeah. when you have more experience, you learn like that your movements are affecting the other guy's movements and like don't fucking like, you know, yeah. do stupid shit. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you just get used to it. And then when you feel like it move, you're like, oh, that's just Corey like moving around, not like, the whole thing's gonna fall, you know? Yeah. And so you just kind of learn to to trust your equipment and it gets easier and easier. But I would say that I'm definitely not one of those people that are, like there's people that have no fear of heights. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> you know, like we were painting the Chris and, and Duke mural yeah. and across the yeah. way, there's yeah. another skyscraper going up or I don't know if you consider it a skyscraper, but they're like 20 stories up. Yeah. And there's guys like, kind of like, there's there's no wall yet. And uh -huh. they're like standing on the ledge. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, those guys make me feel like such a pussy. <laughs> those guys yeah. have no fear. And they're like doing that every day. And they don't yeah. even care. And they're not even getting rewarded with like, oh wow, look at this beautiful mural. That's just yeah. like their everyday yeah. thing. And mm -hmm. so... Kind of puts everything into again that's like mm -hmm. perspective again right yeah. you're like when you see guys that just do it every day and mm -hmm. it's no big deal then you're like okay well i shouldn't complain so much mm -hmm. and just suck it up and just be happy that i'm here doing what i love so yeah yeah that's a beautiful one by the way yeah that's yeah. probably i mean is that that's gotta be one of your favorites yeah for sure yeah. just because i think what i see it means to to 
to people in Hawaii and the mm-hmm. world. Like it, it, I, I can tell that it means a lot to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the, you know, Duke, Carissa, the Olympics. Yeah, it's like Hawaii, a full circle. Surfing, all yeah. of these things. And then the Lots Duke. Of elements. Yeah, and the Duke, Mir- uh, the Duke documentary just came out. Mm-hmm. So. And it's really inspiring. So all of those things together just make it a very special piece, yeah. for sure. I have one more question about like your process, and we can move on. But is it weird painting? Because like when you're painting on a like a sheet of paper or even a canvas, and you're painting somebody's face, it's like to scale. Right. But is it weird painting like a huge like their nostril must be like the yeah. size of this yeah. room? <laughs> when I was on the lift with Kamea, we would see like one. Th- he's like painting the eye, but it's like right here. Your face. Yeah. yeah. Like a, just a pupil. <laughs> it's yeah. like this yeah. giant thing. Yeah. So I I I um took pe- I had uh. Some people I had to take on a tour yesterday for like this TV show, and um, they, we went to the Cursa mural, and they're like, "Oh wow, it's really big," <laughs> and I was like, "But you're far away, you're like across yeah, yeah. the street," and then I was like, "Well, just for scale, like her medal, I was like, is taller than you," and they're oh, like, "What?" Because yeah. it like looks like just this little circle, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but it's like seven feet tall. Yeah, like, that, that yeah, that one was huge. So you kind of have to like learn new skills and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. The whole painting large, it takes a lot of experience and, and, um, and just learn, you know, you just got to do it again and again and and just learn from guys that have done it. And because it's not when you're painting in the studio, it's very much like this, uh, organic process. Mm -hmm. And that's what they teach you in school. They're like, you know, just go with the flow and let your inspiration come. And it's just very kind of artsy fartsy. Because you can see everything within your line of sight. Right. Like and what you step it looks back like. and yeah. then change. Yeah. 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 And then oh, I don't like that. And, and, and I said, well, when you do uh, big stuff, the creative process mostly happens before you start painting. Mm-hmm. And that's where you figure out everything. And then you're more like a contractor that's like there to install this thing because yeah. I can't change. I can't flip Carissa and Duke after I've started two yeah. weeks in like, Oh, I want him on the left now and her mm-hmm. on like, it would be insanity or like come down every five minutes. Cause mm-hmm. it takes forever just to get down uh-huh. yeah. and then you get down and you're on the neighboring building. You're not even on the floor. You have to like drive out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that building, like we were on the the building in front and then there's like a ladder that goes to the top floor and then there's either a stair or elevator to get down and then you have to go all the way across the street just to see the piece. So yeah. it's like, if I came down every five minutes, it would take me a year to yeah, paint it. Right, so right. you gotta like, we come down just at lunch and at, and at, at, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So you have to know what you're painting, where you're painting it. Yeah, and, and just execute. And just execute. And obviously the there's process. there's creative stuff along the way and you make decisions, but you don't wanna you wanna have a very good plan going in mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Well, you just had your third yeah. baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Five months now. Yeah. So how does how is that been juggling oh. three kids? Yeah. <laughs> um I mean, your life, I'm sure, is, like, not, like, a structured, you know, like, go to work Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, any parent will tell you, like, it's, like, the coolest thing ever, yeah. right? And I always tell people they're, the three of them are, like, the three of them are the, the 
greatest things I've ever created, mm-hmm. more than any piece of art that I could ever paint. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard. Because <laughs> uh, they're how old? Six? So my daughter is six. Her name's Nova. My son is three. His name is Ever. And then my new baby, she's five months old. She, her name is Bliss. Oh, cute. So, yeah, it's tough. I mean, balancing three kids and they're young and you're yeah, especially those ages. And, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. tough. And, and, I, and, and being sleep deprived or tired and yeah. creative is, yeah. it, it's, you can't really autopilot creative stuff. So mm. uh, if, you, if you're really tired, you have a bad night, then you have to find kind of busy work that day because to paint or be creative is hard. Yeah. And I always say that they, they, that, you know, babies bring prosperity. Um, that's been my experience. So every year that I had a baby has been like the best year, mm-hmm. like uh, work wise. Yeah. So. But then you are also. Busy. Busy. Yeah. And then, but, but, but expected to also be creative with less and less yeah. sleep. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of so like this. So how do you get in the zone when it's like. Oh man. I mean, well, what's your process? I, so when, when, when Nova was born. I got like the two parking garage, the sides of the parking garage at at Kamehameha Schools, yeah, at Salt. Yeah. yeah, he filmed that. Um, yeah, I would uh, bottle feed her from midnight until like five a.m. and oh so my, my wife could sleep, yeah. and then I would sleep till like eleven a.m. and then like five hours, and then I'd go have lunch, and then I'd paint for like. Five six hours until it got dark, and then do it again. And like yeah, so just did what I had to do. Yeah. I mean, after that, Nova was still really young, and I got uh, I got the uh, the ceilings of Vintage Cave. Oh right? yeah. I did the ceilings, and that yeah. was a pretty tough. Yeah, to super, paint upside down. Yeah. That was a tough one. Yeah, that was crazy, but. Um, yeah, I was so sleep deprived and so tired that one uh, morning I sat in the car and I, I like I just couldn't go in. So mm-hmm. I called uh, I called my mom, not my dad, because my dad is like he's trying to find solutions and like yeah, yeah. be tough and yeah, you can do it. And I'm like, I just like. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to like someone to give me a hug, maybe on the phone. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it depends. Oh, like, yeah. do I need a solution? I'll call dad. Uh-huh. But if I just need like a verbal hug, if whatever <laughs> you would consider that, then I'll call mom. Mm-hmm. So I called mom. She didn't answer. Call my brother. He didn't answer. Obviously, I called my wife first. She didn't answer because she was taking care of the baby. So then I called my mother-in-law, and then <laughs> she answers the phone, and I just bursted into tears <laughs> and she's like oh my god is anything wrong with the baby i'm like no i just i can't go in i'm so tired and she's like yes you can you can and i was like no i can't i can't do it <laughs> and she's like you have a baby now like that's this is it this mm-hmm. is this is this is what this shit is about like yeah. this is parenthood this is what it's about like mm-hmm. you can do it like that and it, now you have you're lucky she's like now you have this reason to do it mm-hmm. so oh that's awesome yeah so i got that's off my ass advice. and i went in there and it, it was rough but that's like the top floor everything else is yeah baby. yeah yeah so, <laughs> yep yeah you gotta do it's like uh the, the world doesn't just give it to you right it's yeah. usually when it's like 
you're the most tired you've ever been, that's when you're going to have the biggest opportunity. Yeah. Oh, totally. Right? And that's just how it is. So you have to just learn how to deal with those situations and, um, and just uh, find a way to come out on top, right? So I figured it out and I did it. Um, but yeah, every, <laughs> every, every time I have a kid, it's like, that's when I'm going to have some big project. Like, so the friendship floor, mm-hmm. right? We're yeah. talking yeah. CPB. Yeah. Exactly like that. So I'm having coffee with Brandt, right? And he's like, and I, I'm telling, I think the Nova story or one of those. And I'm talking about how, um, you know, I tell young artists, I'm like, you don't say no, suck it up, find a way to make it work. And um, you got to take opportunities when they mm-hmm. come and I was talking all this big game and then <laughs> and then I left and then he calls me and he goes hey can you do we want you to do all these art all the paintings up there I was like well what's the time frame and he's like well this is the time frame and I'm like oh my my baby's just gonna be born she's gonna be like a month old mm-hmm. and he's like yeah and like so I was gonna be sleep deprived right yeah yeah and I was like but I did say all that shit about <laughs> Not letting Hopper do He goes, you did say that. <laughs> I was like, Let me play that back oh, for you. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, you just told me that. I was like, all right, fine. Yes, of course, I can do it. So Nice. Yeah, so Bliss, uh, she's like, this was back November, December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I was like taking care of baby and painting. and But I, I, it, was, it was an extremely lucky opportunity because um, it wasn't a mural. It was canvas work. Mm-hmm. So I have a home studio. So it was like I could work and every time baby cried or my wife needed help, I could, it wasn't like I'm up on a wall yeah, and going yeah. all day. And out and so I was, yeah. I, was, I was at home helping. So CPB really helped the first few months of uh, Bliss's life because I could work at home and, and I was very much uh, a, a really big opportunity and a big project for me, but I could work at home, which yeah, is nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so. now she's sleep trained, so it's just coming down the yeah. floors now. Yeah, yeah, it's getting yeah. easier exactly, and easier. right? <laughs> like, it could have happened when she was already sleep trained, and but no, the universe isn't going to work like yeah, that. It's no. going to yeah. be like when she's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, you kind of touch base a little bit on it, but, you know, like, what kind of advice would you give to a young artist or, like, a young entrepreneur or anyone young just trying to do something, you know? Yeah, I think, um, especially when you first start out, don't say no. Yeah. Just say yes. Uh, and just find and then ways. Figure it out. Yeah, and then figure it out. And a lot of times, the way to get uh, to grow is to kind of get in over your head, and then rise up to that level, right? So mm-hmm. 15 stories was way over my head at the time, <laughs> but yeah. then then it became my standard. So then after that, I did 10 stories, and it's like no problem, right? So mm-hmm. you kind of gotta um, push the boundaries a little bit, and and then just don't say no say yes, find ways to make it work. And then also, um, when you first start, just um, just take pride in what you do and, and be as professional as possible. So I feel like I have a lot of artists that are like, well, it was like some crappy job or mm. it was junk pay or mm-hmm. it was something I wasn't interested in. And I'm like, yeah, but the more you take pride, the better a job you do, it'll lead to other jobs. So don't just half-ass anything. Like if yeah. you committed to something, then just make sure to do it and do it well. And um, that will lead to better opportunities in the future. So 
nice. get a lot of That's young good. artists like, yeah. like being mm-hmm. picky yeah like right out the gate and mm-hmm. and also just kind of um i feel like there's always the hollywood version of the world uh-huh. mm-hmm. and people whether it's like i want to be a musician then it's like a star is born and it's like that's not how yeah. there's no way right right with anything in life yeah. right. i mean you want a good like marriage you want to be a good dad yes. you want to be yeah yeah it's always like oh because <laughs> even though like we're talking about hey kids and you guys are having yeah baby right yeah right Expecting when? september okay are we allowed to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah okay yeah. it's public now so <laughs> Let me tell you about the Hollywood version of having a baby, <laughs> right? Everyone's like, my father-in-law is like, it was like I was like on cloud nine and I was like on drugs and I was the greatest moment. And, and I'm like, then I'm in the hospital and it's the most terrifying day of my entire life. And I'm mm-hmm. so scared of my wife and this baby. And, <laughs> and the doctors are like whispering to each other. And you're just, and you're like excited, but scared. And uh-huh. I'm like, it's not how they told me it would be at all. Yeah, it was yeah. terrifying. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, it's, it's like, and, and you always hear like the UFC fighters, right? They win the belt and they're like, the greatest day of my life was when my kids were born and this day. And I'm like greatest day of my life is like that's like a that sounds like a fun day yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a fun day it's like it's like a life-changing day yeah, yeah. but that it wasn't yeah. like sunshine and rainbows <laughs> yeah it's like it's, you know and that's the same thing with like life life and these this these paintings it's such a grind like all these projects are like a huge grind and yeah. they're super stressful and stuff but it's so the satisfaction kind of sinks in later, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like this Hollywood like version of it where like a lightning bolt hits you and yeah, like I guess maybe, gratification. Yeah, like I think musicians maybe get that a little bit more because they're on stage and everyone's mm-hmm. clapping. So there's a very like distinct feeling of like performance and 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 the audience feedback. Um, but most I think it's it's a uh, it's a lot longer, more drawn out process, and it's not as Hollywood as everyone says, right? Well, and how long were you doing art before you did your first mural? Um, I mean, my whole life. And mm-hmm. then my first mural was when I was like, what, 25 maybe mm-hmm. or something? Something like that? Yeah. Maybe later, so. Yeah. So even that, like just getting to that point, it was just like a grind and going to art lessons every Saturday. And yeah going to school even taking that break for a little bit too. yeah, yeah. so it, it yeah. i mean yeah i think a lot of people don't understand like the grind that happens and the yeah, hard I mean, work I, you have to kind of put into yeah we talk about it because with social media you get like that instant gratification a lot and the hollywood like, version that's a good yeah. the hollywood version. Yeah. social yeah. media version <laughs> yeah yeah i think having a more realistic like view of how how things work and how life is just hard work yeah mm-hmm. right so because yeah. I, I see a lot of people talking about like always talking about how hard they work and i'm like i feel like i don't you know i work hard but i I, like it's like it's kind of normal like for me that's Mm -hmm. how my dad my mom and dad are really hard workers so they're just like yeah like life is work life is hard work and just like don't be shocked when it's hard work Mm -hmm. that's normal it should be normal but if you do something that you love um then it won't feel like work yeah yeah Yeah. for sure yeah so So you were able to do it yeah. yeah. Do art or do your passion as, as your work. work. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What's 
some exciting projects coming up. What's next? Um, I'm painting a mural in Hilo. Oh, cool. Uh, of Auntie Edith. Oh, you wow. You know, they just made a quarter. The quarter. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Where is that going to be? Uh, UH Hilo. Okay. There's oh, nice. a, a building named after her. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to, the U.S. Mint is going to have a, like, a celebration on May 6th. So I'm painting a mural of her, like, leading up to that in oh, the next, sick. in the coming weeks. That's going to be cool. And then, um, actually, I just walked here from Fort Street, and I, I've been talking to some people over there about possibly doing some projects on, on Fort Street Mall, the pedestrian mall there. Oh, nice. I'm trying to yep. do some kind of, like, projects there with art installations and just trying to revive that area because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that, that area can get a little seedy at night. And, yeah. 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 And I, I just think it's a, you know, Chinatown is so historic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many beautiful buildings there and it just kind of, when the night falls, it just, there's a few bars, but other than that, it's like yep. not as much life as, as it could be. Mm-hmm. So, um, just seeing the potential in places like that, it's the same thing like Kaka'ako, right? Yeah, no, that's going to be sick. Um, just, just like Kaka'ako, just finding those places and kind of just like reviving it, right? Mm-hmm. Bringing life into uh-huh. yeah, it. Yeah. And, and with art. Yeah, yeah. And I've done a, like. A lot of the projects I've done kind of are uh, less and less um, in the public eye. So, like, I'll go and teach art to my daughter's first grade class. Oh, and so like, cute. Yeah, yeah, just, like, fun stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And I've, uh, like, we'll do, like, a daddy daycare where um, each dad gets a day and then he's in charge of lunch, but then also a project. So, like... We'll go like hike my Falls one day, and then obviously my day it's like an art class with oh, all the that's kids. Sick. Yeah, How many kids? Cute. Uh, so it's like, but it's also an excuse for the dads yeah, to get to together get, and drink yeah, beers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll do like a week during Christmas break. Oh, or, sick. Yeah, that's fine. This summer maybe. So we did it Christmas break, and then summer is longer actually. So we'll see. But it's cool because um, a, a couple of my friends there. The few times that their kids can actually focus is when it, they're drawing and stuff. So yeah. I'm. I'm trying to tell them, and th- and they're getting teachers saying that the their kid doesn't focus in class, and they're mm-hmm. kind of getting worried about. The, and I'm telling them like, look, if they're different, mm-hmm. that that's a good thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and don't stress out about whether or not they're fitting in some mold at school. Totally, yeah. And so I'm, you know wanting to teach a lot of them art classes like we're organizing little art classes and stuff for them because i think uh celebrating those like you're those passing di- it on to the next generation yeah that's trying that's, that's awesome. the whole point yeah, right? yeah. Oh, that's a, especially with you having kids and everything too like yeah that's I, amazing yeah i mean i think that the the point like i've always just said that all i want to do is just leave this world a more beautiful place than i found it and so however i can do that whether mm-hmm. it's art or raising my kids or helping others or inspiring others however i think if everyone just strives to do that mm-hmm. then uh, this world will be a better place Love that. that's huge how can people Love find that. you buy your art and check you out so my website is kamehadar.com instagram is kamehadar um yeah and all my info walk, is there just walk around hawaii you'll see a bunch of mirrors yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
But thank you so much for yeah. spending some time with us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Our first guest in Tide Pools here at Central Pacific Bank. Yeah, I love it. Very nice. exciting. So. Yeah. Congratulations on the new baby thank and you. all the exciting uh, stuff coming up. Thank you guys. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Sick.